All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the Lord for the Lord. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 125 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm here today, Julian Gill, admin on the message board. Daniel, hallelujah. Please, we've got him back finally. Or hell. You don't know what, where, where, where it's going to go. That's <laughs> hell what, or hallelujah. That's, that's what we like, <laughs> and people have been asking after you, so no, he hasn't been banned. Um, just schedules being as they are, we're not always able to have everyone on a show, and this is Daniel's idea, so he better be on the show because I'm not doing it otherwise. And Ken, 69th Blizzard, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Uh, Marcus Almighty was going to be with us today. He's under the weather. Mark, get better. And uh, hopefully talk to you over the weekend. And everything's cool with you, Mark. So let's get into um, just some of the news. Um, this morning, word has come out that KISS will not be performing next week at Manchester Arena in England. Obviously, with the events that went down there this past week, um, it doesn't matter. The, the venue's closed. It's simple as that it's not the band canceling um they did put out a lovely statement about not being able to play and obviously i'm sure they would want to apart from the issues of safety you know it's one thing to have a concert another to bring an audience there and have them at risk of something similar occurring um and people also loved ones of those family members of the concert may be worrying it's i was reading some people saying i'm not going no matter what because my wife's going to be at home worrying about me uh, so it's it's a messy situation. It's uh, obviously devastating to the families involved. So, you know, just uh, let everyone I know in Manchester know that my thoughts are with you as a community. Our thoughts are with you. And, um, you know, strength to you is all, all I can wish in the circumstances. Um, other than that, I, I don't really think there's a tremendous amount of stuff going on. Um, they just have continued to tour. I think they were in uh, Rotterdam performing their last show and the set seems to have uh, settled down into whatever it is and uh, I see lots of pictures from happy people at the concert and that's all that matters to me happy faces who've enjoyed it and if people don't want to go don't go and everyone I've seen seems to have enjoyed it so um, let's get into today's topic Daniel why don't you introduce it and uh, get your English skills working again so I might be a bit rusty but I'll do my best well, first off, um, Bruce Kulik is doing uh, uh, some live gigs in Australia. So uh, I thought, why not put together a Bruce Kulik live album? Uh, he's released a few in, you know, when he was in uh, ESP and Union. But what would a Bruce Kulik live album look like if it was his whole career, you know, from Blackjack, Good Reds? Kiss and up to his solo albums and I think it will be interesting to see these albums because I, I think we will have three completely different albums and hopefully mine will be the best we'll see yeah, I, I hope we have three completely different albums um, of course Lonnie's not here today so he can't present Kiss Alive 3 as the live album obviously Revenge Live uh, so Let's just start with the premise. How did each of us approach this? Was it a career overview? Was it a, you know, focusing mainly on Kiss? Ken, how did you approach Daniel's topic? Uh, yeah, I, I thought 
I just went for what I enjoy the most um, from Bruce, which is um, his Kiss stuff, of course, uh, and uh, basically BK3. I mean, because I love that album. Um, so I'm really just focusing on those two things. I'm not. I'm not focusing on Blackjack. Because uh, I'm not well versed in blackjack, I don't think I have a blackjack uh, album actually. So, um, I, I, I've heard some of the stuff, um, but yeah, I'm just sticking to Kiss and, and BK3 pretty much. That's going to be the best stuff for me, at least that I enjoy. Daniel, that was awesome. That was like out of a horror movie. Not. Next, we'll need uh, the fire alarms going off. <laughs> um, it's always I, something. Yeah, so I approached Daniel's topic with looking at somewhat of a career overview, but also picking some of the material that I think best represents what I really love about Bruce's guitar work, um, and in some cases, songwriting. So I took it and, and you know, I, I dug back into his catalog. I did not do any meatloaf. We'll leave that. For meatloaf thing to the other podcasts that like their meatloaf um but you know i think i've got a good mix in here daniel how how did you kind of envisage this uh and how did you approach it yourself well um first off i i was thinking about doing it like an overview of his career and i started by listening to blackjack and those albums but uh, I came to the understanding that I didn't like a lot of those songs, so only one or two from that era made it onto the album. And then, of course, like Ken said, most of the stuff that I enjoyed with Bruce is from Kiss, so uh, there's quite a few Kiss songs. But another thing that I, I chose to do was to put songs that Bruce wrote or was a co-writer so, so, so I didn't pick a lot of songs that that he didn't write. Even though you could use like Crazy Nights or some of the bigger hits that he was involved with, I tried to pick songs that he wrote himself. Uh, you know, with some other guys because he didn't li- write a lot of songs by himself. Uh, he's always writing with other guys. So th- that was my two things. I wanted it to be songs from his career uh, and also songs that he wrote himself and of course songs that I liked and uh, yeah let's get this thing rolling alright so my preparation for this included listening to Live in the Galaxy ESP's Live at the Marquee which of course Bruce was part of that band. I think that was, uh, was that Japan? Whatever, 2005, 2006. Uh, Bruce Live in Melbourne, 2002, which is a pseudo-official release, um, I, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it's really freaking good. If you haven't had a chance to see that one, he's got a backing band, and the set list on that is absolutely amazing. And then, of course, Union's own um, Do Your Own Thing Live. I've also listened to a lot of Revenge stuff. Um been listening on a real binge on Alive 3 through 94, just Kiss stuff, which is absolutely amazing. So, Daniel, why don't you take us into your uh, first songs? Well, a live show, you, you have to kick it off, you know, with a bang. And I picked one of my favorite songs from the non-makeup era. I guess this is my favorite, or at least in my top three and it starts off with Eric Carr beating the drums, King of the Mountain. I think it's a perfect opener, and it was for the album, Asylum, back in 85. And I think this would be a great way of 
of uh, starting the show and also uh, telling the audience that this is Bruce Kulick live, but there will be a lot of Kiss songs on this uh, uh, in this show, and this is one of the better ones that he was involved in with. And unfortunately, we haven't heard it that often live. Uh, I think it would have fit great, and, and most of you have seen him performing this with various type of guys uh, live, and it always sounds killer. So I think it's a perfect song to start off a live album. I I, I would have hoped they had included it on live three, but uh, they they didn't. So maybe on Bruce Kulick live in 2017, it will be included. Yeah, that that's a great one. It's one that I've never heard a really great copy of from when they did perform it so infrequently during the Asylum tour. Um, love it, and I, you know what? I'm glad you went to Asylum first. Ken, how about you? What's your uh, opening track on Kulik It Up? And you're muted. My first track. Yeah, I'm muted. Uh, first track. Uh, the first track for me, uh, and I'm kind of going to, I think what is Bruce's first appearance uh, with Kiss, um, which uh, was on Animalize. Um, and I, I like the song Lonely as a Hunter. I always liked it. I don't know. I think it's probably not a fan favorite, but I've just nope. always liked that song. See? Yeah, Daniel doesn't like it, so um, that's why I chose it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we, make, we wait months and months and months. We have yeah. all these efforts to get Daniel back on the show, and the first thing you do is stick a fork at him. <laughs> Ken, you're a man yeah. of style. <laughs> yeah. So, Lonely as a Hunter, I, I like that song. It's the first, I believe it's the first appearance uh, with Kiss. And it's a good, actually, it's a pretty darn good solo on that one. And uh, so that's why I like it. And uh, that's my first song. So I was hissing at you there when you started talking about Animalize and Bruce's first kiss, because that's totally how I'm going with opening this show. And I picked I've Had Enough Into the Fire as the lead-off song. That was the first song he ever played yeah. live with Kiss in uh, well, in England. Uh, what is it? Brighton, I think, Brighton. Uh, on the Animalize tour. So they actually opened the set that night. So I'm a little bit more sentimental in my approach to some of these songs. So his first live song, it's also a really good rocking song from Animalize. And he didn't have anything to do with it in the studio, as far as we're aware. Um <laughs> Yeah. But because he was uh, brought in to replace Mark, it seemed like, you know, uh, a good song. And, you know, he killed that whole tour musically. He was just on fire and obviously proved that they didn't need Mark. So that. So you, you, you use the live version, right? The live version. Then. Oh, the live. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I yep. love that. I had a really good tape I did a transfer of recently for that. Uh, for that concert and it's absolutely fantastic so Daniel let's go back to you for another week yeah I've had enough into the fire that's a great song but unfortunately I can't include it since I'm mainly using songs that Bruce wrote himself mm. but I, I can't see him doing the song you picked there Julian I don't know about Ken's pick but but uh, well okay. the second track the second track for me is a song that I guess is 25 years old now. It's unbelievable. It's from Revenge. Uh, the only song I think Bruce Kulick got writing credits on uh, on that album. So uh, 
I went for tough love. I think it's it could be a nice way of you know at first you end off king of the mountain and then you start that riff in tough love, kind of cool. I think it would be a good one-two punch to start the concert with. Uh, and uh, I just love the riff. I didn't really think they, well, listening to the demo without vocals, the, the riff even sounds better than it did on Revenge somehow. I think it could have, you know, been put higher up in the mix somehow, the, the riff, and the, the song would sound even more heavy than it does. But I think that's a great tune. And, of course, we haven't talked about who would sing on this tour and stuff like that, but he would need quite a singer to pull that one off. And, uh, you know, but Tough Love is my second song. That's a, that's a really good pick. Uh, Ken, let's go over to you. All right. Well, the second song for me will come from, I'm going to, I'm just going gonna to go chronologically kind of, um, but uh, I'm going to go with Asylum off of Asylum. Um, good. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I will also go with. I'm going to go with King of the Mountain. Yeah. On that one, and uh, I think that's just a great rocker. Side of self, and yeah, like Daniel said, he co-wrote that song too, and uh, had input on it. So that's a good, good solo. So that's his second song. Okay, I'm going outside the box on here, and I'm just going to play a quick sample. So that's just thirty seconds. I, I, don't, I don't know how much you could hear of that, but it was kind of low. Yeah. For me. So I'll punch that in later. And that is Rosetta, "Pick Me Up" from a 1980 album that uh, he played quite a bit of guitar on, and he co-wrote that song, which is released as the single from the album. So because it's such an early co-write that he actually had as a <laughs> single, and it's very Pat Benatar-ish, you know, it's very dated, and it, it's up on Kiss Monster uh, for, for anyone who hasn't heard it. But in, in what I'm trying to do with his kind of live album is have an overview. It's rocky, you know, it's, you know, it, it's, but it's similar, I guess, in, in some ways to Vinnie Vincent and Treasure. So a little bit more melodic. So I don't know how he'd pull that off live. And to be honest, I really didn't think about lead singers and all that. And obviously the gender of that song is uh, a little bit problematic as well, but I always like the sound of it. Just a good pop rock song, uh, way off his usual spectrum of writing. Um, even the blackjack stuff that he did with Michael Bolton. So. Daniel, let's go back to you. Yeah, um, in my, my third song will also be a Kiss song. And I remember waiting for this album. Uh, I never think I had had that kind of anticipation prior to an album because uh, after Revenge, you were thinking about Revenge Part 2, even greater. Uh, and then we got Carnival of Souls, and it was delayed for quite a few years but when you look at the album you see that Bruce Kulick co-wrote almost all of the songs it's like Vinnie Vincent on Lick It Up or something uh, 
probably because Gene and Paul were elsewhere uh, thinking about the reunion and Bruce put in a lot of effort but there are quite a few good songs there on that album and I would pick Jungle I think that's my favorite of the of that album really good track um awesome vocals from Paul of course but uh, you know crunchy guitar work from Bruce and um, he has done that live a few quite a few times and it works really well so you know King of the Mountain Tough Love and Jungle what a what a beginning to a concert I would be there instantly if it was reality. And what an album. Real nice. I, I actually thought about Jungle for mine because it had been on so many of those Union-type releases. But You have to ditch the ending, of course. Isn't it, isn't it Jungle that has the long ending? Yeah. Or is, yeah, so you have to ditch that. But there, there just wasn't enough lead guitar work on it for me, so I almost saw Bruce's, you know, kind of playing the bass on that song live. Ken, let's go over to you. Okay, well, where I said before that I wasn't going to go <laughs> away from Kiss and, uh, and um, what was it, the BK3 album, um, I'm going to also, I'm going to include uh, one other artist on this, um, uh, Michael Bolton, on his album, uh, Everybody's Crazy, that, the title track, Everybody's Crazy. Um, I'm going to, throw that in I, I had that album back in the day uh when it came out i remember and uh i did like that song and uh so i'm gonna choose that for the third song yeah I, i'm guilty i had when i was going through some cds the other day i had the hunger that i found in a drawer but <laughs> i'm not putting any of that stuff on mine um i go to bk i go to bk3 for my next one and it's fate and that's because I love the tuning, I love the guitar sound on that, and I also think it's one of Bruce's best vocals. Now, for some, um, the, the, they're going to think, well, that's not exactly saying a lot. Um, but I, I, I think he really nails it, uh, the material, and it's just such a great representative from BK3, and it's a fiery-ass guitar solo. So, love it. Daniel? Yeah, uh I, I just have to mention, Bruce isn't singing any of the songs on, on my live album. Not a single one. No way, no, in shape or form. So I think it's great that he tried. You know, it, it was like a subpar Jimi Hendrix singing, you know. Jimi Hendrix wasn't a great vocalist either, but, but uh, Bruce, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. Uh, so he won't be singing anything on this album, and certainly not the fourth song, a classic Gene Simmons track that should have gotten some more play live, and it's called Trial by Fire from mm. uh, Asylum. A great, great track. Yeah. Never been played, I think. I don't even know if Bruce has played it live. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't I, think so. I don't think so. No? And it's just a great tune, and I've always always liked it a lot. Um, and he was a co-writer on that with Gene Simmons, and I think it's... It will go. It would go over really well live, and uh, uh, I just wish he was doing that kind of type of music instead of like playing Deuce or Detroit Rock City or mm. you know that kind of stuff that we uh, hear with other artists. You know, Ace Frehley even play. He even plays uh, Detroit Rock City and, and, and Deuce and all that stuff. So we don't need another Kiss guitarist playing that. I think he should embrace. He always says that he he's like the what do you call it, waving the flag for for the uh, non-makeup era, well, then you should play stuff from the non-makeup era, not be playing Deuce and Detroit Rock City and that kind of stuff. So um, try playing Trial by Fire and see what happens, Bruce. 
Nice one. Another asylum pick. I'm good with that. Ken. And actually, I'm going to <clears throat> I'm going to agree with Daniel with Trial by Fire. Um, also, one of my favorite songs off of that album, myself, and I think it's a great Gene song. Um, yeah, under I think it's underrated as a uh, as one of the one of the Kiss songs, and uh, you know Bruce is of course great on it as usually is on everything else anyway. Um, so I'm going to agree with Daniel on this one, believe it or not. It's it's always good to concur with Daniel, especially when it comes to Asylum or me. Um, I'm not. My, my, my next one's going to have everyone screaming, no, no, no. What do you think, Julie? Um, no, 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 no. No, no, no. And I've said it before. While the production on Crazy Nights really leaves a lot to be desired, the underlying material does have a lot of good stuff. And, you know, the balls-to-the-wall guitar playing on that may be a bit neutered down in that production, but it's still there. So I would love to see, and I always like, this is one of the high points of the Crazy Nights bootlegs and videos, is the start to that song when he's in full-on kind of mid-80s. It's a, a little bit dated, but I just love the spectacular guitar work that he puts on it. It's a rocker, and the intro just lets him shine. And, uh, yeah, so I actually went there. I went to Crazy Nights, and I was rather surprised when I was thinking about this that that was my pick from that album. Daniel? So the, your next track will be Boomerang from Hot in the Shade, or what? I guess that's the same type of stuff. Boomerang and no, no, no. Uh, my God, I, that's like the bottom five in on every album. But uh, no, 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 could have been a good song if they had done some sort of chorus. I don't, I don't know what. It's it's not working. But uh, I remember when I was a kid buying the album. I thought it was kind of cool the first time, just because it sounded so heavy compared with the other stuff on the album. But uh, well, no, 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 it's not my album. But the first track from a non-Kiss album, and this is actually from uh, uh, Blackjack. I listened through the albums, and I found one song that I kind of liked. And, uh, of course, Michael Bolton, you can say whatever you want, but he's a, he's a terrific singer, I, I'd say. And, and singing a little bit more melodic rock tunes sounds great. And they had a song called Love Me Tonight that I think was just, would just work fantastic live. And Bruce does he he does some good guitar work on that one and he co-wrote it and uh, I'd like him to include at least one track from his early years and this was the best one I found so let's put that one in number five on my album I think it would be rock that that's a great pick I loved I actually loved one of the Blackjack songs Worlds Apart the second album My World Is Empty Without You I mean it's a cover of a great R and B hit but I'm not I would never dare put that in a Bruce live album Ken next pick. Yeah, I should have, you know, I should have went back. I should have done my homework, but <laughs> I should have went back and looked at something from like Billy Squire. Um, I'm just thinking about it now. Um, I'm sure there's some, uh, definitely good stuff from, from Billy Squire. I know there is actually because I know I've heard it before, but I don't have all, I only, I don't think I have the album that, uh, Bruce played on with Billy. Um, it's Tale of the Tape. So, so. Tale of the Tale. I know I've heard it because I've played it, streamed it, or whatever online, and it's a really, it's really good. It's probably almost or near good as you know the Don't Say Don't Say No album, right? That came after it. Um, so anyway, I would have picked one there, but let's let's keep with it. Now I'm going to pick something else, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go with off of Hot in the Shade. I'm going to go with Forever. Uh, 
which is, a, a, you know, has a great, great, one of his best guitar solos, at least for a yeah. acoustic type song. Um, I think it's just fantastic. I mean, it's perfect. It always reminded me of the Beatles uh, style of, you know, doing a guitar solo. Um, so I have to go with that one. That's what that's a great one for Bruce. Nice choice. 20 years ago, I didn't like bootlegs that had that song in it live. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, live. Yeah. yeah, it was just, it was one of those songs that I've really come to appreciate more. Um, perfection. Okay, my next one is off Revenge. Heart of Chrome. Back in the mm. 90s, um, when there was real audio and everything, and there was the Kiss Vault website and Kiss Confidential, uh, later 495, um, Bruce, after leaving Kiss, was doing a lot of clinics, and he was using a backing track for you know some of the stuff off Revenge. And Heart of Chrome always jumped out at me and ripped my jugular out when he was absolutely uh, you know just focusing on that one song. So you know it's Bruce Kulick's guitar guitar Mageddon, if I can even say that. And obviously, <laughs> it's also my favorite song on that album. So uh, Heart of Chrome. Paul Stanley's favorite album, song of the album as well, I heard in that interview he did a few days ago. Well, I should I should always agree yeah. with Paul Stanley. Yeah. It's a very wise choice to make. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, don't know, I don't know. Not always. I always. <laughs> Paul Stanley is right, and I'm not. Yeah. Uh, let's see now. Yeah. <laughs> I, because I, I, I chose to pick songs that Bruce actually wrote, I was trying to find something... From the later albums, and actually, I wrote one song on Psycho Circus. I guess both of you know it, but people in general may not know it. He, he was a co-writer on a song called "Dreaming," and I think they were sued for "Dreaming" because it was Alice too Cooper. similar to Alice Cooper's song. To uh, but I, yeah. are they really similar? I, I, I never thought they were similar, and they weren't no, sued I by didn't. Alice Cooper. They were sued by the music publishers that owned I'm 18. Oh, so okay. it wasn't Uncle Alice getting all uh, oh. bumpy. He probably didn't care. Yeah. He wouldn't give a shit. I don't think it's that similar to I'm 18. Well, the chorus might seem kind of similar, yeah. but, but uh, you know. It's it's yeah, an homage, homage to, 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 to Uncle Alice. Okay, but I think it's a, a great track. Uh, it's a great track. Um, sounds really good, and most of the Paul Stanley tracks on that album I like. I think Gene Simmons' songs are horrendous on that album, but Dreaming is one of my favorites from Psycho Circus, and I think it would do well live. It would uh, rock. So I'm picking Dreaming, written by Stanley Kulik. Nice, good pick. Ken? And and Cooper maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Cooper and <laughs> my credit. Um, all right, so the next one for me, I'm gonna go off of uh, Revenge, and I'm gonna pick Unholy. Um, that just reminded me of the first time I heard that Unholy song, and and saw that. Well, I saw the videos the first time I saw it and listened to it. Um, but just the guitar solo on that was fantastic. Uh, just a, obviously a great song and just a great fitting lead for it. Um, another great job. I think Bruce does, I think he performs that one, doesn't he? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, normally, and he or on some of those things, he he brings that out as a song to play or you know replicate his solo um, on that. So anyway, um, I'll go with Unholy. Do you remember the time he was so angry with Vin Vincent over the solo from Unholy? It's the only thing I've seen. It's the only time I've seen Bruce Kulick angry is when when he had heard that Vin Vincent claimed to have been playing the solo from Unholy. I think I remember that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great. You can find it on YouTube, I guess. It's like, I played it. You. It's, it's not often you Where's see... Where's that motherfucker? I think it's... Uh... <laughs> it's not often you see Bruce mad, which is nice because he's just so measured and mellow and, um, you know, he went all Bob because Bob did an interview and he got all pissed off about, uh, you know getting asked about Rick Derringer playing on, you know, Alive 2 on the studio side. Does it sound like him? No, it's me. You know, just stuff like that. So I'm going to Asylum for my sixth but, pick. But, but, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Bob, isn't Bob Estrin angry with you? That's kind of cool. No, Bob, Bob Kulik. Bob Kulik is angry with you, okay. No, no, Bob Ezrin. I'm yeah, Bob Ezrin. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on it. I'm on that one. Some of the Bobs. You're that on Bob shit lives for life. For life. Kind of, for life. Something you could put up on your wall. I'm on Bill Bastard's shit list. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of cool with you. But uh, I don't know the story behind that, but, uh, but no, I think and, it's... And, and it's not cool, and, I, and I'm not happy with the situation, but I'm not I understand, about it. I understand. All right, so I, I'm going to neatly segue away from that uncomfortable topic into I'm Alive <laughs> um, Asylum. And I can't not have more Asylum or Asylum on there. It's so Panama-esque in the song and up-tempo energy it's everything that i want always love the lyrics for the song i would love to see if bruce's fingers could keep up with this one in this day and age um because it, it's pretty high octane for the era and i love i love the lyrics always did uh, you know that's just pure paul stanley there so very good song for me daniel yeah you know crazy nights there are a few good tunes there but they were buried in the, in the production by ron nevison and one of those tunes that could have sounded great on an album is uh, Hell or High Water, written by Bruce and Gene. I think it's a good tune. I would like to hear it live, how it's supposed to sound, uh, because on that album, you know there's potential there, but you just can't, you know, the album is, the production is just too poorly done. I don't like it. But the song itself, I think it would do great live and... Uh, I wish you would play that one. Good pick. Ken? Okay, I'm going to go with something from his, actually, BK3 this time. Um, I'm going to go with um, Ain't Gonna Die um, off of that album. Of course, you know Gene singing that one. Um, so it's kind of similar to Kiss in a way. Um, I guess the closest to Revenge that you could say that it is. Um, and sound anyway on on this album um but uh ain't gonna die another great solo and it, it's a real good song too good pick um daniel tempted fate when he mentioned a certain song earlier um and yes i did pick boomerang <laughs> but at least at least it was co-written with uh gene by uh by Bruce. Love theme from Kiss. Is that your, you know, after the stop, you you go and do love theme from Kiss? Nope. And again, it's all about energy. It's all about 
guitar skills. It's not necessarily about it being a fantastic song. Um, I wouldn't mind hearing Boomerang with a real sounding drum kit on it and not sounding like the sludgy kind of garbage that it is on hits. I think it's a better song than it, uh, could, it could be a better song than it actually is. So I'd like to just see him, you know, fly on the fretboard on this song, um, for the same reason that I like No, No, No. that's it. I don't have to justify myself. It's my pick. Daniel? <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, uh, Boomerang, the biggest problem with Boomerang is actually the lyrics. Uh, the, the vocals on the chorus sound strained, and, and, and I don't like them. There, are, there is some potential in that song, but uh, I don't know. Well, the next song for me, actually from BK3, my first one from BK3. I also like that album. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal album and um, it sounds professional and he surely put some time into producing that one uh, if you compare it to his previous two albums that were kind of, you know, uh, didn't sound that good. But this one is great and the one I picked is called No Friend of Mine. I think it was John Karabit yep. singing on that one. Great, great song and, um, you know, Bruce has always had a um, feel for mixing pop and rock somehow and this is one of those uh, songs it's it's kind of poppy and rocky at the same time and i i think it's a good great song and it would do well live and um if kulik ever recorded a live album i wish it would get john Kurabi on the vocals because he can really do justice to some of these picks Oh, without a doubt. I love John and his voice. You know, yeah. he's also a great songwriter as well. And he killed that song. He absolutely nails it. But, you know, there's very little he's done that he, I don't think he's nailed. So, Ken. I'm going to go with another song from BK3. Um, I'm going to go with um, uh, Dirty Girl, uh, which I, I really enjoy that song. Um, and I, I guess I have a sentimental thing, too, because I like always liked uh, Doug, was it Fiker? Fiker. Um, <clears throat> I loved him in the knack, and uh, he's just the way he sings that song, uh, on, you know, on the, the track written by Bruce. Um, and then, of course, you know, the rest of it's all good. I mean, I just, I just love hearing that song <laughs> on the album. Um, I never get sick of it, so I'd love him to play that one. Yeah, it's it's a good pick. It's uh, you know, it's not one of my favorite songs on that, but you know, it's so different. It's a good contrast. And yeah, it's different. One thing I'm noticing here is BK3 is getting an awful lot of love from all three of it's, us. So it's a great you know, album, rightfully so. And again, we've talked about it on other episodes. It's just how much work that he put into that album and how it shows that it's coming through on here is kind of three of us picking the best of Bruce for these live. Uh, albums that we could envisage him doing. My pick, um, next pick is not to appease Lonnie or anyone else who's picked it, it's unholy. And when you really think about Bruce reaching kind of the top of the mountain in terms of as as Kiss's guitarist, it's one that I... You know, I, I recognize as being an important part of that, so I think he'd, he'd kill it. He has killed it live. Simple as that. Daniel? Um, yeah, um, unholy. I mean, when you hear the current lineup playing unholy, you understand how good Bruce was when he played that yeah. song because it's never sounded the same. Even though Gene almost every time 
had problems with the, the vocals. The the guitar solo was always spot on when Bruce played it. Yeah. So kudos, kudos him for that. Well, my next song is another song from Asylum. I'm, I'm just picking every song from Asylum almost. Uh, this one is called, uh, yeah, this one is called Trial. No, I have, I have Trial by Fire two times in my set, I see. I've, always, uh, I've already said that one, so I'll pick another one. But it's it's still a song from, from uh, it's not that good, so you should play two times. Wait a minute, now let's play <laughs> Trial by Fire once more, just because it's, no, uh, uh, let's pick yeah, I'm Alive. I'm Alive, and I mm. guess one of you guys picked that one as well, and yep. it's just a kick-ass song, you know, up-tempo. The vocals are insane on that song, so, uh, and the playing as well. Uh, and he's played that a few times, I think, uh, live, at least in some sort of, hasn't he, in some sort of, um, you know, medley or something. He might or have maybe has. I don't know. Or maybe he has. To, I don't know. He should. He should do that. Uh, I always enjoyed his medleys that he did um, on some of the the, the tours previously, uh, but I want to hear the whole thing. I'm alive. Written by Kulik Child and Stanley. Uh, great song. Nice. Now I have to. Add, now I have to add another one because I had trial by fire two times. <laughs> good fit. Good fit. Just go back to Asylum for replace it with another song. Ken. Okay, uh, I'm going to stick with uh, BK3, and I'm going to go with another. Uh, I'm going to go with Hand of the King um, with with Nick Simmons, uh, who actually sounds pretty good on here. It's almost, you know, genish in a way, yeah. um, the sounds. And uh, it's, I, it's a, I think it's a great song, actually. And, uh, you know. Bruce just rips another one out and <laughs> keeps it going. So I, I'd go with that one next. That was one of the surprise songs on that album for me. I, you know, I was it like, is. Oh, Nick Simmons. Yeah, right. You know, he's got a bit more of a baritone going to his voice, and mm-hmm. didn't he do the lyrics? Yeah. And I thought he yeah. did it extremely well after the fact. I was like, okay, uh, he deserves to be on this album because he brings it. So, you know, good job to Nick on that. Yeah, I'd like to hear some more from Nick. Um, I don't know what he's doing musically these days, but, uh, you know, after hearing that, I wouldn't um, ignore music from him. I'd give it a chance. All right, my next pick follows on from Unholy, and it's Master and Slave. I, I wanted to have something from Cars on there, and I'm not from Carnival of the Souls, and I'm not having I Walk Alone. I, I just cannot stand that song. Never liked it. I, I'm glad that, you know, they did some fun guitar stuff on it, and I almost went with hate, but I wanted tempo, and I wanted lead guitar work, and what lead guitar work in, you know, Master and Slave. I just love the chugging kind of dynamism of that song, uh, very solid. And watching the Melbourne DVD proved to me that it could work. So, Daniel, I just have to echo that because I also have Master and Slave. Um, Great song. It actually was kind of a hit from what I've understood on the radio in America somehow. I don't know how they did it, but um, it's a good song. Uh, one of a few good th- songs by Paul on that album. The problem with most of the songs to me, the lyrics, I have a hard time seeing them as kiss songs when they're trying to be, you know, bleak and, uh, you know, everything is not good and and so on so that's one of my main problems with the songs from cause 
but uh, this is just a great song and it has worked live well before and let's do it again Master of Slave excellent Ken I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Spit from Revenge um, I think that's a that's a, a cool one that he did on that album um, and I think he ends that one in with the, like the um, Star Spangled Banner kind of thrown in at the end of it right um, so that's I thought that was a cool really cool sounding uh, solo so I'm going to go with Spit good one um, I went to Blackjack for my next pick and I, I wanted to have a Blackjack song in my set um, but I had a real difficult time actually finding one. I actually bumped Ain't Gonna Die for a Blackjack song just to have it represented. And I had to go with Love is Hard to Find. It, it's a little bit more rocking than a lot of the more R&B tinged stuff. So um, I think he co-wrote it with uh, Michael. So just my one Blackjack song kind of to nod the head to that part of his career. Daniel. Yeah. Um I have another one from BK3, and I think um, Ken picked that one as well. This was the first song that stood out for me on the album. I think it was just a great pop tune, you know. It could have been a top 20 single, and it's called Dirty Girl. Great vocals, just a great song. You know, you you want to get up and dance when you hear it. Uh, I, I love it, so... Um, and I like what he did. He should do like Slash, you know, have have other vocalists sing for him and just focus on the guitar. And then he can come up with great stuff like Dirty Girl. It's just a great song. Good pick. Ken. Yeah. Oh, I'm next again, huh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're 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 talking fast today and churning through this. I'm running out. Well, I'm gonna go with uh um I'm gonna go with hate, um, yeah, because that's that's a, another great ripping uh, guitar solo, and it's a good song. It's probably the only song that's similar to the Revenge <laughs> uh, that's uh, on Carnival Souls that that could have maybe been on Revenge or even on BK3, I guess. Um, <clears throat> it's just a good good song and and great great guitar solo I think they tried to replicate Unholy but but somehow they didn't manage quite yeah. all the way it's it was like they yeah Junior Unholy, yeah. Unholy Junior Unholy Junior <laughs> yeah that's good Unholy that's good. Junior with little Billy Corgan you know yeah <laughs> you're right again good pick it's one I kicked off my list um, I get into a little bit I want to have representation of some of his other solo albums. So Truth or Dare from his Transformer album is one of the songs I think is one of the better quality uh, pieces on that album. But got to have some Transformer there because it's about Bruce's career. Daniel. Yeah. Another one from Carnival of Souls. Um, This one is probably, probably the one that most remind me of how Kiss sounded in the 80s on Carnival Souls. And it's like a simple, you know, rocky rock and roll track, and it's called In the Mirror, written by Kulik Stanley and some other guy. And that, uh, yeah, and that is just a kick-ass song with a good 
riff down 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 and good drums by Eric and that's one one of the things I didn't like with hate the drums I don't know what he was trying to do Eric sing on that album I, I probably just don't understand but the the drums on hate I just don't I can't understand what he's trying to do he should keep it more simple and you know I don't know I didn't like the drums on hate but on uh, take a look in the mirror he plays like an animal. That's a clue for later on. Oh, yeah. Subtle. Ken. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go back. I guess that's so I'm not going chronologically anyway anymore. Um, I'm going to go back and uh, pick um, Crazy Crazy Nights. <laughs> I mean... It's a good one. It's probably, you know, of course, the best song. Well, it could be one of the better songs on the, on the album, at least single-wise. Um, but uh, it's a good song. He does a great job on it. So I'm just going to throw that in there and let him wail away. <laughs> yeah. As much number, as four, yeah. number four in the UK, I think it was. Yeah, that number four, yeah. That says, yeah, that says, more, that says more about the UK than nothing else. Um say <laughs> good or bad yeah now now we're getting into kind of the the tail end of the set and bringing it to a conclusion for me so and i gotta have union and i had a bitch of a time trying to find some union yeah. that, that i would really want to hear and mm-hmm. off the first album love i don't need it anymore it's got the kind of guitar diversity that i always like and i've approached this whole list is from the guitar point of view of what i like in terms of texture and sounds and um skill so being a wannabe guitarist who can't play you know, anything apart from rhythm even if i was doing kind of you, scales you, you, know. you said you knew the solo to detroit rock city once yeah, I do know the the solo yeah, too, <laughs> but it doesn't mean it sounds it doesn't sound like Ace is playing it. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, yeah, so love. I don't need it anymore. We got some union in there, Daniel. Yeah, uh, my next pick is from BK3 again, uh, and it's called "I'm the Animal." I think Eric Singer played drums on that one, didn't he? Yeah, um, oh. and doesn't Tobias sing on that one? I like that track. It's really good. And uh, seems, as you said, uh, Ken, uh, BK3 is getting a lot of love because it's a good album. It's a great album. And, um, and this is another one of the great tracks from that album. And we haven't even picked the same track. So, so uh, I might just have to go back and listen to that album once again. It was a long time ago. Uh, there are some good tracks on that one. But uh, I'm I'm the animal, written by Kulik and the other guys. Good pick, Ken. I'm going to jump back to uh, Asylum, and uh, I'm going to pick Tears Are Falling. Uh, I think that's an, another real classic. I guess you could call it solo, perfect solo that fit the song uh, on that album. So uh, that's my pick. Tears Are Falling. Yeah, I can never do. Yeah. The, I can never do the yeah. fingers things right. Um, and I go back to Bruce's first uh, real solo album, and changes coming, because guitars, 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 um, more than anything. Daniel, Ken, honestly, do you know that song that he just mentioned? Do you know? <laughs> oh. Do you know that song that he just mentioned? 
What was the song again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I haven't listened enough to the first two Bruce Kulik albums. Yeah. To really enjoy them, uh, I didn't. I just, I just thought they sounded strange. Uh, it wasn't up to par, so I haven't really given them a chance. But his third album is great, at least. Well, well uh, here, here's an excuse for me to play a little bit of "Changes Coming from Audio." Yeah. Changes I like, it, yeah. I like it enough to put it on my list. I still don't remember it. <laughs> I, don't, okay. I, I couldn't hear it too well. But, oh, yeah. no. uh, All right, Daniel, you're up. Oh, it's my, yeah, I actually have one Union song as well. And uh, when I try to think back, I remember them doing some sort of promotional tour in Sweden and playing a few tracks live on television. It sounded great. But they didn't play this one. This one is from the last album. I think it was it called the Blue Room or Blue Room or something. And it's actually has some profanity in it. And it's called Who Do You Think You Are. And that's the only song I really remember. I don't know if it's just because of the profanity or if it's because it's a good song. But I think it would kind of be cool for him to go up and play that one. Uh, it's kind of same riff throughout the whole song. Kind of heavy at least for Union, and I kind of enjoyed it. So I have to have something from Union, and that's the song that I remember the best. So I put that on the album. Good. Ken? Yeah, I was thinking you you make me rock hard. No, I'm joking. Um, I don't want that. Oh, no. I think uh, I'm going to go back to, uh, again, to another early uh, performance with Kiss. Uh, uh, I'm going to go to uh, Murder in High Heels. Oh. <laughs> the end of the song. It may be not the best song, but Bruce's nope. performance is makes the best part of the song. Is his yeah. his performance on the that's true. on the song. Um, that's that's why uh, I'm choosing it. That's a very diplomatic way to phrase your <laughs> your expression of murder in high heels. Ken. You did wonderfully there. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to wrap up my set with both of my final two picks uh, from my live. Oh, yeah. um, I go to the blue room as well and do your own thing. I can't stand the other song. Uh, the, the other song it just doesn't do anything for me, even with its profanity. I would have preferred to have dead. You know, a really good kind of poppy kind of song but i want energy at the end of this set all i gotta say about the solo on do your own thing is i want to hear a little bit more of steve jones kind of sound and style in that guitar solo than what he does um and then i'm closing out my set with another pick from revenge and that's god gave rock and roll to you i know people are not a big fan of this song but in terms of just closing out my bruce kulik set with a song that he absolutely flies on guitar and does you know perfect work on and god giving rock and roll and all that the kind of the message of the song of you know rock and roll is magical and wonderful and all that shit and happy bunnies and i'll just shut up now daniel okay i'll end up my set as well Uh, i just have my encore left and i have two songs there the only two songs that i included that bruce didn't write himself so I saved them for last, for last because I think these two songs, uh, if you think of the Bruce Kulick era Kiss, 
his Kiss era, you think about these two songs because these were maybe the two biggest hits if you leave out Crazy Nights and Forever, of course. And I would start with Tears Are Falling as the first song of the encore. Just a great song, and Bruce Kulick's playing is all over that tune. And that guitar solo is probably my favorite from the Bruce Kulick era. Just a great solo. And after that one, I would also have, even though I'm an atheist, I would use God Gave Rock and Roll to You, even though I think it's kind of a silly thing to say. It's anthemic and... uh, it was important for the band. Uh, it was their comeback when it comes to uh, sounding good on an album again. I mean, I remember watching that video. Uh, it was included on... T- what's the name of that movie? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey or something. Yeah. And they released the video and I was just blown away and, and thought that, wow, this is what Kiss is supposed to look like and sound like. So um, I'm rounding off with God gave rock and roll to you. Into God save the Queen. I mean Star Spangled Banner. Um, okay, Kat. no, 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 no. We're rounding off with uh, Du Gam La Du Fria. That's our national anthem. Oh, there you go. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll just have to take your word on that. <laughs> Maybe I said some profanity there. You never know. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna finish off. Uh, my set with two songs. Um, I'm going to go with a song that Julian chose earlier. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with No No No. So he'll he'll do he'll do No 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 with his uh, you know guitar solo, major guitar solo on that one. Um, and then he's going to end with Fate, mm. uh, which is I think his best not his best song, but I think it's it's a great it's a good really good song. I think it's his best vocal of all the vocals he's done. It's his best vocal. It's a pretty, pretty good one. Um, so I figure it's his, pretty much him, him playing the lead, of course, him singing the lead, and it's his best, you know, sung song. So that's how he's going to end it. Wow, I would like to hear all of those albums that we just have created. <laughs> Three great albums. Come together. Yeah, but who the hell would sing most of these songs? That's the question. I don't know. That's the question. You know, um, but one thing I, I again going back to that Melbourne 2002 DVD, the yeah. band he had, the, the singer, and I, I didn't have time to look it up to find out who it is. So I do apologize on having that information. Um, fantastic singer. Uh, must be an Aussie guy. You know, local band and did a really good job. I mean, he was doing I Still Love You and some of the stuff off Crazy Nights and Asylum and Master and Slave. And you know what? For the amount of diversity in kind of what Paul Stanley did in his heyday at the height of his powers, you know, this guy did a really good job of doing some of the higher stuff without sounding like Jim Gillette from Nitro. Um, And, you know, and the band that he had with him, you know, really, really killed it. So... It would be tough to kind of find a singer to take the load and do the Paul Stanley stuff, but um, there you go. It's, every, everyone's got someone. And who's he touring with now out there? Is, is he using Sister Dolls as his mm. backing band as well? 
It's it's a shame. I, I don't know if you checked out any of the threads online that it it doesn't look like many people are going to these shows. I mean, thirty five, a hundred. Yeah. It doesn't sound like there's been a tremendous amount of effort put into promoting the events. It's like, yeah. oh, it's kiss related, so people will all all come out anyway. Yeah, it doesn't work that way in this day and age. You still got to make an effort as a promoter to get the bodies in, um, get them on radio. I remember at one of the indie expos that I went to that it was either yeah it was union was there and they were doing radio locally um to sell themselves at, at the expo but you got to make an effort it's it's a shame it sounds like the union tour all over again you know 35 people in a crowd and well i guess go and go and hear it and, and listen to it so any final thoughts mm-hmm. on the uh the q lick it up album daniel to close us out I just have to say that you guys picked some great songs, and I think it was kind of brave of you to pick No, 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 and did you both pick No, No, No? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, yeah but yeah. only you had Boomerang, Julian. So. Yeah, yeah, you're giving me yeah. that look. Only you yeah. were an idiot. Only you. Yeah, try to sing that one. Only you. Yeah, but uh, I think it was a, a great show, and it was uh, interesting to hear your picks, and uh, as I said in the beginning, I, I, I understood that the, there would be three completely different albums. Even though I have to say I was kind of surprised that BK3 was uh, all over the place. I guess we like that album, and I, I, I have to go and yeah. listen to it right now, I think. Yep, good music is good music. You know, there was enough different stuff between our picks. But, you know, for everyone listening to this show, what are the picks? You've got to pick 15 songs for a Bruce Kulick live album. What? How do you approach it? What do you want Bruce to do? What do you think would make good product as well? Not just some fantasy thing that's just not going to be realistic. Well, I guess everything's realistic in fantasy land in a what if. So, you know, wherever you listen to the show, whether it's on the FAQ message board, on Facebook, Spreaker, you know, do chime in with your comments. We want to hear what your picks are for your perfect Bruce Kulick solo live album. What's your T-shirt, Ken? What are you wearing? What's this T-shirt? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, that was the third one. Yay! <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted. I'm going. Yeah. Out I'm supposed to. And Jonathan, I, I do hope I'll get out there to go see Destroyer play at Slims tonight in San Francisco. Chris mm. Tribute Band. So I may throw on my uh, podcast T-shirt. Okay, enough there of you that. Go. Let's wrap it up. We do thank you for listening, Daniel. Good to see you finally and get you on a show. Mark, we missed you. Would have liked to know your picks. So Mark, I expect you to chime in. And Ken, <laughs> thank you as always. And thank you for yep. listening to us. We will see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.